0: Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, and Brian Murphy with you. We're recording this on Thursday morning because, uh, well, late baseball last night. Uh, Lots to talk about this morning. And uh, how about, uh, well, how's it feeling, gentlemen? Is the coffee flowing uh, this Thursday morning or what?
1: What are you doing, Jeffrey? It's so (laughs) early.
0: (laughs) Why why am I here? Why why am I
1: (laughs) here? I'm I I i I'm like I'm like a, a newborn puppy I haven't even opened my eyes yet
0: Let me tell you I something when you, ha- when you have kids you become a morning person Whether you like it yeah. or
1: not <laughs> yeah.
2: You know there was a we previous are- life of mine Where I used to have to get up around 4 in the morning But of course the difference was I got paid to do that I don't anymore What? <laughs> <laughs> Man oh, holy back, smokes. When back when I was a radio producer. That, that's my policy as far as I only get up early when I have to get when I get when if I get to get paid for it. I'm
0: paying you to do this. What are you talking about? Well, that's why I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, this is black and gold We are UCF So on the uh, SB Nation Sports Network. You can follow us at black and gold Facebook.com slash black and gold Bannerette, UCF underscore banneret. Um like we said, we have lots to talk about. We're going to talk about softball in the uh, tournament, which starts today, the Sun tournament. Sun tournament. Oh, my God. American Athletic Conference what de- tournament. What
2: decade are you in? Yeah, are you
0: all be What's that
2: coffee? Mm-hmm.
0: Coffee hasn't quite hit me yet. Um, we're also going to talk women's tennis in the Sweet 16. They're out in beautiful Malibu, California this weekend to play number six, Pepperdine, with a chance to go, come back to uh, the, uh, the USTA tennis complex. Uh, If they knock off uh, Pepperdine. And and also women's uh, golf is going to NCAA Nationals, which is huge. Um, Congrats to Emily Marin on it. First time in 23 years that they're doing that, which is fantastic. But we begin with the latest from baseball, which was uh, last night. UCF desperately needing a win uh, over over a quality opponent. And they do so against number 18, Miami last night it was not easy. UCF uh jumped out uh, jumped out early. They were up 8 to 1. Miami came charging back in the 7th and 8th, uh got within one run at 8 to 7. Um with one uh, and with and and they had the winning run on I think with one out. Is that right, Murph? And then um interesting move by coach uh Greg Lovelady. He brings out Jackson Clare to get the final two outs. And he does do that. So the final eight to seven last night, UCF defeats Miami. We have the latest RPI. This is as of this morning. UCF jumps five spots. They jump from fifty-seven to fifty-two by virtue of that win over Miami. They're thirty-one and nineteen overall. Um, not as great a jump as we were hoping for, but it's a jump nonetheless. Remember, coming into this weekend, they were in that uh, D1Baseball.com had them in that last. What was it the first five out? Yes. Uh, so this was so what so what are we thinking from this win? Do they do did this get them into the tournament? Or to what extent did it did it improve their chances?
1: No, it didn't get them in the tournament. It wouldn't have gotten them. I mean, I never thought about that. I thought that this was a win they needed just for their resume, but it wasn't like this is a win that like, all right, that's it. We're we're done here. It wasn't like uh, it
0: they was just win for basketball basically.
1: Yeah, right. It was like it was like it was just a win that they really needed. But it does really not really changed the fact that they really still need they have work to do. Uh they probably still need to win, I would say four of their last five games in the in the regular season which is at FAU uh next week which is a which is a top 40 RPI team. Yeah. And then you have three games throughout the throughout the regular season. Uh, against Houston, which is another top forty RBI team, um, but this is a, this is a, this is a very important win because uh, and it's kind of amazing, Jeffrey. Again, I, I was I, I remember being on this podcast a few weeks ago talking about the, how how mediocre this team was and and just you just didn't know if this team was any good because they were just floundering. their, their offense was basically four people, five people that you could depend on, and the rest. You didn't know what you were going to get. Their pitching was uh, just racked with injuries and, and inconsistency, and so now they've won eight of ten, uh, and and five of those eight wins were come by one run. So it's 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 very uh, it's it's not comfortable, but uh, but they are finding ways to win. And uh, now they get a weekend off. There's they, this 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 weekend they were scheduled to face Dayton. Uh, back in the preseason, and then Dayton pulled out of that matchup, uh, due to uh, reasons, and so now UCF, yeah, pro- <laughs> yeah, right, it is. Uh, so now UCF uh, waits till Tuesday, but uh, it's 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 still very it's still a very important win, and they do still have work to do.
0: Now, here's where this this got interesting, was because this was beautifully played by Greg Lovelady, because knowing that he doesn't have a weekend series coming up. He threw Grant Sherman out there to start yep. against Miami. He got three innings. He gave up one run, two hits. Solid job. Next three innings, he threw Chris Williams out there. Gave up two hits, no runs. Struck out one, walked one. So they, those two guys who were you know who are usually you know weekend guys, they were able to hold off Miami for those first six innings mm-hmm. and get to the bullpen. Now things got a little squirrely out there with Litchfield, Westberg, and Kyle Kemp. Um, but let's give Jackson Claire some credit for getting that one out that he needed to do on a strikeout that, that may have may or may not, depending on how these last four games go save the season. So now you have the weekend off basically to rest up. And then they, like you said, they have FAU in Boca on Tuesday before a three game set against Houston to finish out. So as, as we look forward to this FAU game, I, I, you know, again, I, I thought that they would have jumped a little bit more than five spots with a win over Miami, mm-hmm. but I-, I get it. I get it. But if they can,
2: well, if well, they can get the, the W, w over
0: is FAU, is how much is that going to help?
2: Go ahead, Eric. Well, part of the thing is we got to, I mean, the Bethune Cookman game, they dropped about four or five spots because they were coming in at 54, and I think they dropped to what, 57, 58, 50, Brian? 50, after the seven. Yeah. By so the way, a team that they won. <laughs> so. Yeah, but but unfortunately, this is the flaw with the RPI. This is why, I you know, this is why college basketball got rid. Some of the reasons why college basketball got rid of the RPI. The flaw with the RPI is UCF who scheduled Bethune Cookman. In fact, I think they scheduled this game, makeup game, uh, what right before the start of the year, Murph, or early in the season. It was definitely yeah, early. right. They were trying to fill spots after Dayton bailed. Right. And All when right. what happened? You know, Bethune is traditionally pr- pretty good. Uh, you know they've had especially recently well this year they've had their worst year that they've had arguably in two decades uh, yeah. I was talking to the Bethune-Cookman people prior to the game on Tuesday because I was calling the game and they're talking about how they they're in danger of missing the MIAC tournament for the first time in two decades yeah, Their are is 270 by the way well that's terrible and yeah. and, and you and you mentioned about Miami save I would argue that The win against Bethune, the base hit by the freshman Ben McCabe, who hit a bases loaded clearing double in the bottom of the eighth. UCF fell behind uh, five nothing early against Bethune Cookman and looked lifeless. I mean, to Greg Lovelady's quote was flat. They felt they were flat. If they lose that Bethune game, their their at-large bid is done. It's finito. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so they won the game there. And, and I think the, the last these two games, back-to-back, in a lot of ways, don't you think Murph describes the UCF season? There the was not pretty. Uh, you saw flaws. Then you, you would see flashes of like, oh, this team's got a chance to be pretty good. Then you see the negative flaws. You're like, oh, this team's not that great. Oh, maybe they're done. And they still find ways to win two games and, and have you know, life here uh, down the stretch.
1: Yeah, and what's funny about Bethune, so, yeah, you, you say the 270 RPI. That's out of 299 teams. So, yes. again, they're near the bottom here. Once, they had to go to extra innings and get a walk-off hit from Matthew Micah, and then you had the – they were down 5 nothing on Tuesday night, and they score five runs on the eighth to come back and win that game 6-5. So, even against the worst competition, they don't make it easy. And then you have a top 15 team like Miami on the road – and and they then they almost squander an eight one lead with six outs to go. Uh, it's it's amazing. But again, they, they find the way they find a way to win. And we should also mention too that uh, uh, even if they do win four or five, they probably still have to win a couple of games in the a in the AAC mm-hmm. tournament uh, in Clearwater in a couple of weeks as well.
2: Well, here's well, here's the thing: a couple things about that. To Murph's point, to back them up, the committee in baseball, especially last year, made an emphasis of saying. You have to be at least 500 or better in your conference, uh, Mm -hmm. which I applaud. Uh, You know, I think other sports should take note. Uh, So that's an issue for UCF because they're nine and 12. You know, their marquee wins are all midweek. In fact, they swept the Sunshine State. Uh, Miami and Florida. 13
0: and one midweek this year. Is that right? Yeah.
2: Mm hmm. 13 and one. Yeah. yeah. And but sweeping they they swept the Sunshine State. They beat Miami, Florida and Florida State all in the same year for the first time since 1985. If this was any other year, that would pretty much put you in the tournament. The problem is uh, Florida's on the bubble themselves, which is crazy to say. Uh, FSU has turned the season around to some extent, although they got no hit at Stetson on Wednesday night. Uh, (laughs) So their RPI dropped to the 60s, although uh, a lot of the projections have Florida State back in there. And I think with Mike Martin and Venus last year, I don't see them, keeping them out unless they just collapse down the stretch. But the thing is, they don't have a weekend series win that's marquee. Their best wins on the weekend was a game against Auburn and a game against UConn. Well, they lost both of those series. They have to win the Houston series. That's, the, that's their last chance to yeah. win the series. If they can sweep and get to 12-12, and 12, I like their chances better. Otherwise, if they win two out of three and they're 11-13, and 13, Merce, right, they're going to have to win – two to three games in the conference tournament because remember guys, we were having the same conversation a year ago and we we're like, well, I think we can get in. They can get in and UCF finished, I think what 11 and 13 in conference last year and then got knocked out early in the conference tournament and mm-hmm. didn't make the tournament. So right. um, I, I do think the FAU game's big, but I think the Houston series is even bigger because they, they need some sing- you know, Houston's an NCAA tournament team slash bubble team as well. So they need a signature win in the weekend series that the committee can kind of sink their teeth in and then carry that momentum to Clearwater to sneak in through the back door.
0: Well, when we talk about Clearwater, here's, here's the situation. Obviously, the last place the team doesn't get to go. Right now, that's South Florida at 5-13. UCF is, is in that seventh playoff spot, if you will, um, at 9-12. and 12. The three teams ahead of them are Houston, UConn, and Memphis. Houston is 9-9. Nine and nine, And... The Cougars, I'm actually pulling up their – I've actually got their schedule pulled up.
2: Houston's 9-9. Nine nine. Houston's 9-9 yeah. nine and in nine, the league as well as UConn, which, Murph, UConn's kind of been disappointed in the league because we all <laughs> feel they're the second-best team. They arguably maybe have the best pitcher in the league, and Frioli,
0: but mm-hmm. yet they're been at 9-9.
2: Yeah. and nine. It's been a weird year in the American in baseball.
1: This, this year's not been as strong as last year. When we were talking about how this is one of the best – this is still a good league. Uh, with ECU Tulane's offense is 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 a, a very very fierce, but it's not as strong as last year. No,
2: definitely no. Not. And I would say this: you know, East Carolina's the clear superior team. In fact, I mean, depending where it, what uh, you look at projections, ECU might be is, is probably is definitely going to be a national seed. They yeah, maybe even be able to be a top eight national seed, which means they could host a regional and the super regional. But I think from a Clearwater standpoint, and this is why the Houston series is also important. If you're UCF, it's if you can avoid playing East Carolina in the one eight um, early, maybe get the seven seed, six seed, whatever. I think you can do damage because I think as we saw with the Tulane series, Tulane's like one of the top teams conference record wise. UCF won two out of three and shut down Tulane's offense. Yeah. So if, mm-hmm. I, to me, there's not a big difference this year between two and seven. And while Connecticut, obviously, is probably the second-best team, I still think, with Frioli, but Frioli's only going to pitch once in Clearwater. It is probably going to be early in the tournament. So, to me, you can make a noise and make some a run at the conference tournament. Yeah. Probably your best advice to do that is to avoid ECU. So I do think it's not only yeah. important to get in, but to try to move up past the eighth spot and avoid ECU. Um uh, the perfect world would be a six or a seven, and you're on the opposite bracket of East Carolina, because then who knows you can make a run all the way to the final.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the deal with uh with Houston. They've got Tulane at home this weekend. Tulane is second place. They're ten and seven. Houston is nine and nine, but could you imagine if Houston sweeps that series all of a sudden they leapfrog Tulane yep. by a significant margin? Um UConn this weekend is uh, is at home for South Florida. Um, South Florida is just oh, playing bad, so um, so yeah, you're pulling for UConn on that one. Um, Memphis, uh, by the way, who's eight and nine? Um, they play Cincinnati at home this weekend as well. Cincinnati is eleven and ten.
2: One, of, and one of, one of the three of us is definitely rooting for Memphis. It and yeah. me, it, It's not me or Murph involved in that. <laughs> it's
0: me, because if, if, <laughs> if Memphis can seal up one of those conference spots, yep. it means I get to go to Clearwater. Yeah, so, yep, uh, yep. so So th- that's the situation right now for UCF. If you're scoreboard watching, uh, it, it, this is going to be the weekend where everything kind of evens out with the schedule for the most part. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye on that um, as UCF goes. Real quick, Murph, best case scenario, just give me your quick take. Let's say UCF does does the unthinkable here and wins out, beats um, beats FAU, beats Houston three straight. What probably, would you put their percentage odds at that point?
1: They probably still need to win a game in the conference tournament
0: yeah. uh, to at least
1: get them to at least assure themselves uh, a 500 season in conference, as Eric said. Uh, but at least one at that point, uh, but maybe one will do with it. If you go two or three, you might you might need. Two wins, but uh, yeah. if you if you win four straight, if you win five straight here, uh, you may only need one win down in Clearwater to get it. And, and don't, right go right now, in two. don't go
2: into, don't yeah. go into. That would be the yes. biggest thing. Do not go into like last year because I think we found out that hurt them big time.
0: Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, if the tournament started today, UCF would be in a bracket with Memphis, Cincinnati, and Tulane. We're on the other Sign side. Me of me yeah. Me up. Exactly, because the other side of, the other side would have ECU, Houston, Yukon, and Wichita State. That's a murderer's row, if you ask me. Yeah,
1: that's a worse. That's definitely a harder bracket. We should, you know, and just mention that UCF did take two of three. Their best series win is, is at Tulane, uh, winning two of three last weekend against a top five offense in America, uh, with a first rounder and Cody Hosey in Tulane, leading the nation in home runs and they shut down Tulane's offense to the tune of 10 runs over, over three games. It yeah. was pretty amazing for a pitching staff that you just kind of uh, have not known what you're going to get from that pitching staff for most of the season, and then they really kind of mute uh, one of the best offenses in college baseball.
0: Right, right. So we'll be keeping an eye on the scoreboard this weekend, and, of course, the FAU game uh, on Tuesday night down in Boca. All and going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little golf and tennis Women's golf advancing to the NCAAs. Women's tennis advancing to the Sweet 16. Can they get back to Orlando? We'll talk about that and more when we return this to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Brian Murphy, Eric Lopez with you. Recording this on a Thursday morning as you uh, get ready for, well, what's going to turn out to be a pretty busy weekend of UCF sports here coming up, even without baseball playing. It's postseason time for the spring sports, and what a weekend it was last weekend for UCF Women's Tennis. We're going to talk about them and women's golf, but we lead off with tennis as the Knights went up to Tallahassee for that regional, um, and lo and behold, look what happened. They sweep Alabama 4-0, then they play the host and 11-seeded in the tournament, Florida State Seminoles, and knock them off 4-1, to so UCF is in the Sweet 16. This is, the, this is, this is a huge development um they're in the sweet 16 they're traveling out to malibu california they're already there yeah they're already already there yeah they're already there actually wednesday yesterday they were there they play friday tomorrow from when we're recording this 4 p.m eastern time at pepperdine by the way and murph you know this you're a california kid yeah the most beautiful college campus in the country if
1: you ask it is you. I, I almost went, i almost went to grad school there it's a it's a fantastic
0: campus it's i now <laughs> i've driven past it a couple of years ago my wife and i we we drove the pacific coast highway and we and mm. when you drive when you drive the pch and you go north you drive basically right past pepperdine and it's it's buried on a cliff to your right to the left is the ocean yep. and and, and, by, and let's give them credit we know how good they are in college baseball um, in tennis, they are just outstanding, and they have been for years and years. Um, and this is a huge, huge opportunity for UCF to be there. The Pepperdine is the number six seed in the tournament. They knocked off Fairfield in the first round and Cal in the second round to get to this point. This is this is a big ask for UCF, traveling all the way out there to play a very tough opponent in a picturesque setting. But they have a chance to get to the round of eight. If they get to the round of eight, they're coming back home. They get to play uh, here at, uh, here in Orlando um, at the USTA Tennis Center because that's where um, the round of eight, four, and the championship will be held uh, for the women's and men's team uh, tournament. But how about this, this moment, uh, uh, Brian and Eric, for um, Brian Canico? Because we've seen this kind of brewing for a while now and look at how and it's amazing. It's just like we thought with football a couple years ago. It's amazing how quickly things can turn around. And here they are in the Sweet 16. And Brian, you've got a piece coming up on Black and Gold Banneret about how this team deserves your attention. What is it about this team that has just worked for them?
1: Well, I think it's just like, you know, you know, these are the, the sports that we need to pay more attention to, especially when they make the Sweet 16. And this kind of goes to the larger vein of how successful UCF Athletics has been this year. But beating Alabama and then beating FSU, I, I don't care what sport you're, you're in, uh, for UCF fans, that should mean something. Both of those, when you beat both of those teams, that's important and, th- and that, should be, that should be recognized and, and, and lauded. Uh, so I, I feel like this, this team is, might be playing with some house money right now, uh, but just the success they've had, uh, people need to realize what this team is doing uh, a, a, as they move forward it, it, through, uh, through, this, through this tournament. It's, it's amazing what they've achieved so far and how they've worked it up from, from years past to now uh, where it was just sort of floundering and now, it's, now it is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing turnaround by Brian Canico.
0: Eric, th- this is such a huge opportunity for them. Pepperdine is 23 and three. What are UCF's chances at this point, considering that UCF <laughs> themselves is 24 and three coming in? But the competition, I mean, when you got to go all the way across the country to yeah. play a team yeah. that you're not overly familiar with, you know, that's, 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 this is a tough task, isn't it?
2: Well, it is. And, and I think we talk, I mean, in, in fairness, uh, I will say, if you've been a frequent listener of the Black and Go Banneret, you have, Known about the tennis success, so I would. I like to think that we are the. uh We've done our part <laughs> as best as yes. we can. Uh, I'm writing
1: right the. I'm writing the article for those who don't listen
0: to this podcast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for all, well, yeah, for all those slackers on. who aren't listening. You know, guess what? You get to you get to hear from Murph anyways. Go ahead. <laughs> uh,
2: there, there you go. Um Yeah. No. Look, this is tough. I mean, you got to go out west. Uh I we talked about a few weeks ago that for because. UCF was the host for the national championship in women's tennis that the road was going to be tough and they started off in Tallahassee uh, Pulled off a great win. Now you got to go to Pepperdine uh, who has been very good. In fact Pepperdine ready for this Ranked right? Not only are they the sixth seed What's funny about that some would argue If according to the you would argue that they might be even lower ranked than that that they were Some people, I mean, they were at number six in the country yeah, uh, recently in the ITA rankings. Uh,
0: so yeah, most recent, they were number six. They were just ahead yeah. of Texas and Vandy, a few points yeah, behind it, South Carolina, but still
2: correct. So yeah, it's a tall task. Um, they're the underdog for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think. I hope that I don't think they are a team that's like satisfied to just be there. Um, um, as Brian mentioned, so, they they got to play loose. And <laughs> and play. It's a historic match because if they can somehow pull the upset which would be an upset and beat Pepperdine. Um, they would come home for the quarterfinals and have a legit shot to make a here, make it a run here for the national championship, which is wild. But um, it's, nuts. it's, it's really to, to Merv's point, you know, people could talk about, well, we want our teams to be winning and, and they play for the national title. They can in tennis um, mm-hmm. as much as football is so popular. Uh, as I've said, this many a times, uh, football will never play for the national championship with the way the system is. And I think that's been proven over the last couple of years. So, but that's not the case in tennis here. So, you know, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It was a great win to beat Florida state. That was a tight match. They dominated Alabama, um, to me. And I know we'll get into this probably in a few weeks when we do the end of the year bannies, but you can make the case that women's tennis right now is the team of the year on campus. Yeah, not to get too ahead of ourselves here, but let's say UCF does get past Pepperdine.
0: <laughs> not to get they, too ahead of ourselves, but let's get way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, let's, let's let's get ahead of ourselves, <laughs> Um Hey, it's our podcast; we can get as far ahead as we want. Um, <laughs> they would play the winner of Stanford and Kansas. Kansas knocked off Florida this past weekend. Wow! So um, that gives you an idea of where they are, and and Stanford uh Knocked a off. Choke job by Florida. What a choke job! Well, Kansas is the ranked team, or or they're the seeded team. Florida was not seeded, so Kansas actually hosted that. So, so th- nice I try, as You just throw I think Eric, just throwing stuff at, at Florida. Yeah,
1: Eric wanted to say the,
0: that.
2: Yeah, because the Colorado thing is that what it is. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they maybe Florida tennis should follow the football model then and just not play anybody outside the conference that's what happens you run the risk of losing games I'm sorry you know. don't, <laughs>
0: don't, don't, don't take it out on the Florida women's tennis team it's not that it's not their fault they get corrobbered by Kansas anyway um of all sports <laughs> <laughs> so th- that's that's what UCF is looking at I mean but I think that they're you know the good thing is they have this amount of time to prepare for Pepperdine to get used to their surroundings they went out there a couple days early. Uh, and, uh, and they should be ready to play. So again, tough, uh, tall, tall, uh, a a tall hill to climb on the cliffs of, uh, on, on the cliffs of the Pacific coast, but if anyone can do it, they can. So we'll be watching that no television coverage from what I can tell, but there will be live stats on NCAA, um, uh,
2: now, now make a, a quick note. If UCF were to get to Lake Nona, first of all, we would encourage you to go out there like me and Jeff would go out there, uh, Murph might even join Brian us well. Ormiston you hear that we are totally coming out there and we mean <laughs> it I know we've said this in the past episode it's part of our gimmick I understand but no we we, we really do we would go I I, I don't know what's ha- you know, weird stuff has always come up like you know the Orlando Magic making the playoffs and things like and you know bad weather and yeah, things I mean, like that
0: it's, you know yeah yeah
2: work um, but if they do they go but more importantly now for those that can't go Uh, the, it would be televised, I believe on the tennis channel, the tennis channel and the USTA have reached a deal where they will carry the NCAA championships for tennis. They reached a deal earlier this week, uh, where the tennis channel will be the home for the NCAA championships in tennis, which, uh, would make sense, especially at Lake Nona, because the tennis channel has a set there. They, they do a lot of live programming from Lake Nona. They, they reached that deal in December with the USTA center. So uh, I believe that starts this year the the coverage there of the tennis channel, uh, but hopefully hopefully we have hopefully we'll need to look that up after Friday.
0: All right, so we'll be keeping an eye on
2: that. Oh, and <clears throat> you know, again, first
0: things first, got to get through Pepperdine. But if they it, can, yeah, which is a big.
2: Great. I mean, that's. A, I mean, let's. I mean, Pepperdine's really good. I mean, uh, so that's let's not act like that. Like I said, they they are the underdog. Let's like, make no make mistake about that.
0: All right, over to women's golf. Um, they.
2: Um, well, advanced. real quick, and... by the way, real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, tennis, yeah. Um, lost a tight match to Florida uh, to Florida State in Gainesville, four to three. Uh, and Jeff, you could look up the the, the press release here to back me up on this. And there know, was a three hour crazy. rain delay, wasn't there? I there mean, was there a was... three hour rain delay, and then men's tennis arguably got as screwed as any UCF team has ever had in the history of UCF athletics. Unbelievable injustice. Uh, It came down to the final match. There was a serve that was called an ace that UCF uh, served and I think got in. I mean, it's all in there in the recap. And then after they went to their seats, Florida State challenged the call. It got overturned to a double fault. Instead, uh, by the way, there's no. it's not like there's technology here as far as replay like in the ATP tour. And they don't Uh, have the
0: Cyclops machine, right?
2: Correct fsu then got awarded the game um and they would go on to win that set and win the match it was just abs- and it's against the rules that was prior to the rain delay then they had the rain delay but it changed the match i think it was three two at the time and uh actually ucf did a good job of re uh breaking down the rule about that they that that should not have happened because you're if you want to challenge a call you have to do it right away you can't just you know the coach can't come out and asked for a challenge, challenging to call like three, four minutes later. And that's what happened. So it's very unfortunate because the men's tennis, men's tennis deserved a better fate like than that, but they had a great year themselves. I just wanted to point that out because that was, that was ridiculous and unfortunate.
0: Yeah. I'm going to read right from the um, release here from UCF. And I I don't know who wrote this for UCF, but credit to them. Was it, do we know if it was Ken or if it was somebody else? I I don't know. All right. So uh, with, uh, with Pavel and, uh, now that's UCF's players. Pavel, Pavel and Jalif smashed tied at 3-3, and in the third set, the two were locked in a deuce point. Jalif was serving and double faulted. Pavel celebrated, and Jalif was frustrated, as both should be in that circumstance. However, as both players made their way back to the bench, Florida State's coach went to the official to appeal the call. The official then overruled the double fault, said the serve was good, awarding Jalif the 4-3 edge, Jalif being the Florida State player. This is straight from the UCF release. This next chunk of information comes straight from Part 1, Section J, number one of the ITA rulebook. J, appeal to official of a player's call. Number one, appeal must be immediate. When a match has an official in direct observation of the court, a player may make an immediate verbal appeal of an opponent's call. Coaches may instruct their player to appeal as long as it is done immediately. The official shall not prompt the request for the appeal. As previously stated, both players were already on their way back to the benches. There was no call ever from Jalov to appeal for an overrule. The rule also says the coach can advise their player to appeal it, but instead the coach went straight for the appeal himself, which is not allowed. After that occurred, Jalov went on to win the next game, take a 5-3-3rd set lead with Pavel holding a 30-15 lead. The skies opened up and rain began to pelt the courts. The rain did not let up until much later in the day as Pavel and Jalov sat for over three hours to wait for the weather to pass when the when play resumed Jhalif took the game and ultimately the the match edging Pavel 4-6 6-4 6-3 UCF season mm-hmm. comes to a close with a record of 15-11 15 and 11 the Knights young star showed up their stuff all season long proving there's a promising future ahead for the black and gold that is some I'm not, I'm gonna, not going to lie here. that is some crap I told they,
2: you they, it's they, one, they, one of the biggest screw that. jobs that any UCF team that has ever is gotten in
0: remarkable I I I would love to get a hold of John Roddick and ask him about that. Well, because... I guarantee you
2: that, it, right, right. I mean, he must have been livid. And you don't just put that on a press release out oh. of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that that was definitely, I, I have to believe people were red hot about that. And I, rightfully so. John
0: must have been absolutely beside himself at that because there, nobody knows the game of college tennis better than he does. And for for that, uh, boy, I'll tell you that is unbelievable. So um, it's such a bad break for UCF men's tennis because they they were right there. I and mean, who knows how it would have gone? I mean, a three hour rain delay. It's just right. It is what it is. But man, man, oh man, oh man, that was tough. All right, I want to talk about women's golf because they are moving on to the NCAA championship. So they win the regional, the Cle Elm, or they didn't win the regional, the Cle Elm regional, but they Finish finished six. finished six. sixth. One stroke ahead of Ohio State, and the top six advance. So from that regional, it was uh, this was out in Seattle, Washington, mind you. This this is uh, USC, Washington, Northwestern, Arkansas, San Jose State, and UCF all move on. Now Arkansas is hosting the NCAA championships in Fayetteville. But UCF moves on. The women's golf team, I believe, that's the first time. Is that right, Eric? That they move on to the NCAA um, championships and the first time, okay. the first time under. Emily Marin, I know that for sure. Yeah. But held May 17th through the 22nd. Um, congrats to UCF Women's Golf, man. They just continue to make things happen. And as you look at the player leaderboard, um, Anna, uh, uh, Ana Laura um finished in second in the regional individually. One stroke behind the winner, Jennifer Chang of uh, Southern Cal. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's give some credit to UCF Women's Golf here because – They took care of it's remarkable to see how well that they did, you know, in this point leading up to this Um, and they're moving on to the NCAAs. They get they
2: get to play for they get they will play for a national championship. By the way, it's the first time since for the program since ninety five, ninety six season that they're That's playing right. for the national championship, which is a, a long time. Um, yeah. so I guess what I said a few minutes ago about women's tennis team being the team of the year. Well, women's golf says, wait, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a job Emily Marin uh, has done this year. You know, Emily pretty well, Jeffrey having covered the program. Um, this is unbelievable. They're playing for the national championship. Colado, Actually, I followed her cause you know, Tuesday I was calling the UCF Bethune game and I was giving updates and she was in the lead. Mm. Um, she led there for a while, uh, so she had a great w- you know week herself. Uh, she had 16 birdies uh, it, during the, the the event there, which is pretty remarkable. It had six bogey, shot 10 under as you mentioned there, uh, and really finished strong. I mean, it was a, a fantastic showing for her. Uh, that, that's fantastic. And, and in fact, here in fact, she posted the second best 54 hole score over all four regions, and the second best in program history. Right, uh, That's so pretty amazing. Uh, it's it really is considering uh, you know the success women's golf is at. So huge family, Marin and the company to play for the national championship, uh, in Arkansas. That's going to be big time. It's going to be May seventeenth through the twenty second. So I mean, my goodness. I mean, you look at next week, and normally this time of year things slow down a little bit. You nope. got base, You got baseball going with Houston at critical series. Who knows? You got the USTA Center hosting the tennis championships. UCF may or may not be involved. And now we know we, we that's also the same weekend. Rowing the dynasty program, by the way, is going for another American Conference Championship to try to in advance of the NCAA's again, which they're the overwhelming favorites. And now you got women's golf trying to play for the national championship, May seventeenth yeah. through the twenty second at Blessings Golf Club in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Interesting
0: how they do this tournament. By the way, they say, it says here four rounds of stroke play for individuals, and then two days of match play for the <laughs> team entry. So this is this is going to be a grueling tournament. But you know, like I said, we're they're in the field, so uh, we'll see how that shakes out. I wonder uh, if there's. I
2: wonder. I'm curious if like the Golf Channel or somebody
0: will carry it. I imagine that they would, but I haven't seen anything. We'll keep you updated on blackandgoldpanorat.com yeah. and our Twitter account UCF underscore Panorat on that. All right, stick around. When we get back, softball, Eric Lopez. They're in the uh they're in the conference tournament. Single elimination. It starts today. In a couple hours in fact from when we're talking right now. It and might have already happened if anyone you're listening. Right. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Bannerette Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez and Brian Murphy with one foot firmly asleep currently with you on this <laughs> Thursday morning, uh, we're it's uh, we talked about how busy this postseason was. Baseball is coming up on it. Women's golf, women's tennis, men's tennis was uh, 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 was eliminated in in ridiculous fashion, um, and the postseason continues with UCF softball. They are starting the American Athletic Conference tournament uh, today. Today being Thursday, UCF is the five seed. They are playing the four seeded. Wichita State Shockers uh, in in, uh, in the first round. It is a single elimination tournament um, for the American. Uh, the one seed, by the way, is South Florida. They play Memphis. Um, actually, they're playing. They should be underway right about now. Uh, I'm, watching well. right now. Um, yeah, yep. I'm watching it right now. Yeah, I'm
2: watching it. We're recording. Uh,
0: Wichita State and UCF, 37 minutes. That's an odd number. 37 minutes following the conclusion of game <laughs> Thank one. Thank you. I'm the one. Um, I said the same thing. Yes. Uh, Tulsa is the two seed against CCU, and then Houston is the three seed against six seeded UConn. Again, single elimination in softball, which you and I, Eric, have talked about many times. I don't like it, but I get it. But it may be a necessary thing because the weather is going to be very squirrely in Houston um, this weekend. Um, they're just they're they're hoping they're hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. I would imagine you can watch the games on American Digital Network, ESPN. Two will carry the final on Saturday, scheduled for noon um assuming assuming it happens obviously yeah. with the the weather situation as is no, all, all right,
2: right let's, let's address that real <laughs> quickly here because you you and murph are the weather gurus you love weather yeah uh i've been told from friends of mine's in houston that are not associated with ucf or ucf that live there for a living <laughs> uh they said that the weather is uh, forecast is a tr- is really bad uh <laughs> like they, Like, really bad, really, really, really bad. Like, they don't believe. Like, they think Sunday's literally going to be washed out all day and night. Uh, They're worried about flooding in the city. There is a
0: flash flood watch for Houston and Galveston in effect right now. So that gives you an idea of how bad uh, they're thinking it might be.
2: Yeah, so this is going to be an interesting week to see if they're able to get the games in. Uh, Sources of mine in the conference have told me. There were discussions of moving this up to Wednesday like they did two years ago when I was in East Carolina. They had concerns about the weather. However, some of the coaches rebuffed on that, uh, particular South Florida and Connecticut, who were literally not in town yet. (laughs) So that's kind of a problem. Um, I'm surprised they didn't try to get two quarterfinal games in yesterday. Excuse me, Wednesday. uh, And try to get two done today because the weather Thursday morning, as we record, it looks pretty decent that they, uh, might be able to get this in. Uh, the forecast says that the rain probably doesn't sh- arrive until about two o'clock, three o'clock afternoon, perhaps who yeah. knows you guys who are listening might know the answer by the time well, this airs or later on, depending on when you're listening, but Friday is really bad. And then Saturday is not supposed to be great. It's supposed to be clear Sunday. So the schedule is going to be kind of wonky here. Um, and we'll see what happens if there. In this would be the third time. Uh, this is Houston's hosting a conference tournament for the fourth time. This would be the third time it's been altered by weather. Uh, five years ago, in the inaugural American Conference Championship, uh, they lost a day, ironically enough, on a Friday. They got washed out, so the championship game didn't get played until Sunday morning. I would know I was there. Uh, UCF played Louisville, lost that game, and then we flew out Sunday night and literally had to watch the selection show. Yeah, while we were in the air. On in the, the
0: plane. plane. Oh, my God. Well, this is according to Rachel Breyers of ABC 13 in Houston. Flash flood watch has been issued for all of Southeast Texas from right now. OK. Uh, 1 p.m. today. So that's Thursday through 7 p.m. on Saturday. Yeah, From Galveston all the way up to College Station and points in between. So that's that's not good. <laughs> that's that's really not good. Flood what Ninety percent chance of rain on Thursday. Ninety percent chance on Friday. Hundred percent chance of rain on Saturday. Yeah. Um. And and windy and windy. Now it should be drive on Sunday for Mother's Day, but God knows if they're going to get how they're going to. The problem is
2: how the question's going to be. How many games do they get it They have to somehow. If they could at least get the quarterfinals done. Uh, preferably by Thursday, but if not at yeah. worst by Friday, something, because here's the problem. If you're, if you're on Saturday and you still haven't finished the quarterfinals, there's no way they're going to finish the tournament. Right. They can't play this. It has to be done by Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon at the latest. So you've got to at least get through, at least have a chance to get maybe the semifinals and a final done on a Sunday. That's a big if, yeah. so we'll see what happens, you know, whether people tend to be wrong a lot. So maybe they will be wrong here once in a while, but, um, Having been up there many times. They actually do a pretty decent job over there in the weather in Houston, unlike you other hear places. Hear him throwing
0: there. shade at us, Murphs, telling, yeah. telling us weather people are wrong a lot. So
1: I, I hey, look it, it is part of the it is part of the gig. But when you say when you've got percentages like a hundred percent, usually yeah, it's that, hard do that, wrong, right? that's it's through, hard to be
0: wrong, right? That's all through.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So um, well here here's the deal.
2: They're going to try and I mean, play I mean, these. I will say so this: if they don't finish possible. the tournament, the rule. By the way, if they don't finish the tournament. Uh, it depends on what, how many games they get in. Usually they just go to the regular season champion to get the automatic bid. Yeah. Or if they've gone deep enough in the tournament, they might go with the highest seed uh, in the tournament. The, every conference is different. The, high, the highest surviving seed, is that, is that yeah. how it would be? Correct. Okay. Correct, But that, well, That's, every that's interesting, That yeah. That's interesting. We though, don't know because, that what the American does yet because they're probably trying to figure it out as we speak. Right. Well, South Florida plays Memphis first, right? And Memphis is yeah. the eight.
0: Um yeah. it's a shame because UCF right now is actually in a pretty good position. If you beat Wichita State, you'd probably play South Florida in 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 the in the semis yeah. and have a chance to beat them. Now I know it the regular season uh series didn't quite go UCF's way, but one game situation, you know, y- y- that could really help UCF out. Do you, you think that but what's UCFs play right here? Are they are they praying for rain or are they hoping that they get all these games no, no, in no no, just, no, you know, no no
2: no 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 they got to get games in uh, they're right up there. They're at 51 RPI. Do they have uh, to get, they have to get all the games in just win it, win out to get I, in. Yeah. You know, Cause unfortunately you brought up a great point last week Had had they gotten Houston in, in South Florida from an RPI standpoint, that would have been better right. because Houston's a 39 RPI South Florida, I think is like uh 30, 31 that those two games might've been good enough to get them in. Um, uh, if they win those two games uh, instead, they're playing which, you know, Wichita State, who I think is actually uh, a bad, a worse matchup for UCF than Houston, because Wichita State has more firepower offensively. They can hit the ball out of the park from uh, top to bottom in the lineup compared to Houston, uh, Wichita State's at 62 RPI. So that's not really going to help your RPI move up. That's not going to help you get in so you're right they would have been better off in a weird way playing Houston at because of an RPI standpoint yeah. plus I think they match up better Elias has had great success against Houston over a career so they don't have the, the the power game that Wichita does and that's something I'll mention another weather factor if they do play is the wind blowing out in, in that stadium because I've been there I've called 18 games from there when that wind's blowing out it basically becomes Coors Field all right so <laughs> that's something to keep in mind as well uh, as, well, as I'm looking watched. at the
0: I'm looking at the weather right now. They're saying winds from the from the southeast, ten to fifteen, and then south to north at fifteen. So I don't know what 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 how that ballpark is situated. If it's facing if 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 it winds from the south to the north would be yeah I don't know I will have to I don't right. know i to remember that Google map thing. that.
2: Google Map that baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're, more, you're very good at that stuff. But anyway, the bottom line is for them, they got to get these games in. They they're not like South Florida, Tulsa, and Houston. If this gets washed out, they're fine. I think those three are in the tournament. UC, if you're U C F and Wichita State, who I do think can legitimately win this tournament, you you need to get these games in somehow, some way. So they they'll be willing to stay till whatever. Uh, but they got you know. Look, first things first, they got U C F's got to get past Wichita State. They lost two out of three to the Shockers at home, uh, tight series, uh, lost a 10-inning game in one of those three games. Uh, it's, I'm going to give you a stat. It's really going to define the UCF, whether they have success or not. Are you ready for this? UCF, this year, when they have scored zero to two runs, are 6-17 and 17 on the year. When they've scored more than that, when they've scored three runs, just three runs or more, they're 28-3. and three. That's the magic number. 3 runs right there, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That, that, that but, it, that's the thing. They're going to get good pitching. Will they get offense? That's been the story with this team, especially in the second half of the year when they had their struggles. They struggled at the plate. They can they score runs. They're going to have to score runs at that stadium. You're not that is not a stadium that's built one to nothing. Even if the even if the wind is not a factor, let alone if if the wind's blowing out 10-15 miles an hour. Uh that's not a one nothing stadium in my opinion. Right. Uh, They got to get, unless the wind's blowing in, then you have a shot. But you have to keep the ball down. They got to hit the ball well. We'll see if they build on the momentum from the sweep against Memphis in the weekend that gives them confidence to do that. But they have to score and they have to hit with runners on base, uh, especially against a team like Wichita State, uh, who could score some runs. Well, guess what? Uh, Wind blowing from the Southeast,
0: that wind's going to be blowing out to dead center field. So yep. that'll be that shows you how based on how Cougar softball stadium is situated. Yeah, that's so. right. And,
2: uh, that's good. And
0: yeah.
2: You hear, the, you hear a, that, uh, Cassidy Brewer? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the, the bats have to they have to score runs. They have to take advantage. Wichita State's pitching's not great, although McDonald's a second team all conference that was named on Wednesday. But they're not the strong pitching as compared to South Florida who has the reigning pitcher of the year for the second year in a row in Georgina Cork. So yeah. um, they got to get these games in and they got to play well and, and play to their abilities. If they play to their abilities, they'll have a great chance to advance. Uh, but if they don't, if they struggle, uh, if they score two runs or less, they will lose. Yeah. A couple quick notes before we get out of here, congrats
0: to Aaliyah White, all conference first team and Cassidy Brewer, all conference second team for UCF, all rookie team to cannon, uh, Carissa Ornelas and Brianna Vasquez all making it from UCF. So congrats on this postseason word. I, I know we're rushing. It sounds like rushing, but we got to get out of here real quick. Uh, Murph, what you got coming up this week?
1: Well, my foot's asleep and I will join my foot here soon. <laughs> uh, I, 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 uh, I, I, uh, I'm I going to finish my article on uh, on women's tennis and just saying how, how we should pay more attention to what they're doing because what they're doing is pretty remarkable. Well, and: not then, we, uh,
0: you. We've been paying attention to it. And by you, I mean the, uh, the listening the, audience.
1: It, it's the royal we, Jeffrey. Yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, tonight, me and Eric will be uh, out on the downtown Orlando for the Charge On Tour stop. Come three on, and three, come on three Jeffrey. And three.
2: You're welcome to
1: come. Three in three days. You've got Josh Heupel, Johnny Dawkins, and Danny White pumping up the crowd trying to get your
2: money. Let's go. <laughs> Eric, what about you? Well, you heard Murph. I'll be with, I'm hoping to join them at the, at the charge on the uh, tour there and uh, take a break from my softball coverage. I'll be watching softball around the country with this uh, selection Sunday on Sunday. And I uh, actually will be live. I'm going to be live on Sunday for uh, in the circle SB right after the selection show at 10 PM, Sunday night, Ooh. breaking down the bracket. So that'll be my lock in focus there. Uh, and I want to say quickly, thank you to Mark Daniels uh, and Ian McDougal. Uh, as I called the UCF Bethune-Cookman game on Tuesday night. Uh, Ian helped me out with great notes. And then Mark obviously gave me the opportunity to fill in for him while he was hosting that charge-on tour in Fort Lauderdale. So I uh, just want to say thanks to those guys for uh, uh, letting me uh, inviting me and uh, letting me fill in there and uh, call the baseball game. And thanks to you guys for holding down the fort while I was uh, most decidedly
0: out of the country this weekend on vacation with the fam. I totally unplugged and it was glorious. Let me tell you. So now I got to plug back in and catch us back up on everything, but uh it was fun. I've got Disney cruises, man. Wow. Unbelievable. I had such a great time. The family had such a had such a great time out in the Caribbean and now it's back to the grind once again. But uh thanks to you guys. Thanks,
2: thanks, Jeffrey.
0: Boy, I love, I love very that energy. Yeah, I love that chick silence. It's always good. Yes. We, I always appreciate that, especially you know, it's it's like another shot of espresso, right? You know, the, oh, you're talking to me. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening. I know this was a quicker uh, uh, edition than normal, but we wanted to get this up quickly for you on Thursday. We'll be watching softball uh, later today on the American Digital Network. Of course, don't forget the tennis and everything that's been going on. Um, make sure you follow us at UCF underscore Banner at Facebook.com slash Black and Gold Banner and Black and Gold all the latest on UCF sports from us and all the latest on our friend, from our friends on SB Nation as we head toward the offseason. For Brian Murphy and Eric Lopez, I'm Jeff Stern saying thanks for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Enjoy the weekend. I'll catch you later.